Hey everyone, welcome to episode 129 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And I hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving filled with great food, family, and friends, but maybe most of all, a bit of rest and, come on, leftovers! Thanksgiving is part one of two of the duo at the root of many a New Year's resolution and my absolute favorite holiday and time of year. I hope yours was as truly amazing as mine. It was peaceful, it was restful, and it was filled with my family, which was amazing. And joining us today after a sabbatical and months away from the microphone since he last joined us, Greg Creek, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. I actually forgot to uh, mention that in my sermon because like, I've, as I've come back, there have been a lot of people like, man, where have you been? We haven't seen you in a long time. <laughs> we weren't sure if you were still working here. And it's like, we thought you were fired. I was on sabbatical and they're like, oh, you just get like a super long vacation <laughs> like that all the time? And I'm like, no, like every seven years. So... Anyway. It's biblical, people. It's biblical. That's right. So get off his back. year of Jubilee. (laughs) It was my my three months of Jubilee. Anything special happen over Thanksgiving? Just low-key family? Did you travel? No, because you were here? Didn't travel, but we went to three different places uh, for Thanksgiving. Best thing you ate all Thanksgiving. Oh, man. It's so hard to pick. It Um, is. But I had... So I can't eat dairy, Oh, and, uh, and, Ooh. but somebody made me some, um, the, uh, green bean casserole that yeah. was vegan. And they also made vegan. some sweet potatoes that were also vegan. And it was, they were both amazing. Hmm. Then you might like what my favorite thing was. And I hate to say this cause I am not the, oh, well, vegan gluten-free kind of guy. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. But my wife made a sugar-free gluten-free Pumpkin pie. Ooh. And it did have a little dairy because she made some homemade whipped cream in it on, yeah. on the top, you know. But, and it oh. was, it was really, it was really, really good. And I, it, it, it pains me to say it a little bit. Uh, but she posted a picture on her Instagram feed. And I was like, you know what? That looks as good as it tasted. It was <laughs> really, really good. And we just like, it was like every meal, like, are we going to have the rest of that pie? I mean, are we, we're going to eat the rest of that pie now, right? We're not going to wait until it gets oh. old, right? We're just going to eat the pie. Because my expectations when you start to say sugar-free and then gluten-free in the same yeah same recipe, I didn't, I didn't have very high hopes, but it was all right. See, I didn't realize we were talking desserts, too, because uh, oh. they also made me an apple crisp mm. with homemade ice cream that was oh, vegan yeah and then they actually had vegan uh whipped cream that i put on the top of that man i had two servings of that that's right you gotta double down when I it's did. thanksgiving yeah i did and i paid i didn't eat for like a day i'm not even kidding i ate dinner that night and then i ate again like the next night <laughs> we went for like a three and a half mile hike out in the woods along the St. John's River just to try to work part of it off so we could come back and have more afterwards. But it was like, ooh, man, life needs to get back to normal now. All right, now that we've got that out of the way, last week was part three of our Give Thanks to the Lord series where we decided that last week was three, right? Weren't you part four? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, it's all right. So... I the, just cut you off. That's okay. My bad. Jump in. That's what. That's that's how we roll. Okay. When, it, when it's just you and me, that's how we roll. All right. So the father's love reflects the father's character, not the children's behavior. Responsible behavior does not increase the father's love, nor does irresponsible behavior decrease it. His love is significant and constant, and the best part of all, it endures forever. 
and ever. So don't miss an episode in this series. This has been a joy to be a part of, and it's been causing us to each take a look at how we're thankful, how we give thanks back to the Lord, and in the ways his blessings and how we need to be giving thanks. So if you are an Apple podcast, just swipe up. Everything you need is there or hospitalchurch.org slash podcast. And you can find links to everything previous to this episode. This week was give thanks to the Lord's final installment, God's salvation. So we kind of know where we're going with this, but I thought it was extremely appropriate that you begin your Thanksgiving message with the talk of food and drink, meat and milk, two of my favorites, by the way. <laughs> but also contextually, these terms are often misused or maybe better misunderstood biblically regarding salvation. And this is a reference, of course, to well-known verses or portions thereof of Hebrews 5.12 and 1 Corinthians 3.2. But context here is everything and is really foundational to how we should approach our relationship with God. Why always with the cherry picking of verses, phrases, etc. in the Bible? What about that is just like, I'm going to just look at this one line of this Bible text. Because if you go to Hebrews 5.12 and you read, uh, what is it, the second half of that chapter, it all goes together. And when you read that, that is certainly different than if you just pick out the one part of the verse. Why the cherry picking? Why, why do we do that? Um, and think and think we're being smart because it's it's easier it's easier <laughs> than having no i mean it it makes it very black and white i think it also uh, is a bit of an ego thing mm. like i'm beyond the basic things i'm in advanced english thank you very much i'm in that's comp right. 102 that's right <laughs> uh so it's it's that it's that opportunity i think to to kind of inflate our own ego but it also makes it a lot easier. When I was younger, black and white was like super important to me, right? Because yeah. it's like, okay, like I can do this. I can't do that. It really helped me, not necessarily with religion, but with like everything, right? And even if I didn't like it, I still knew, right? Yeah. And as I've gotten older, I've just found that there's way more gray in the world. That like there are less really hard, clear lines of differentiation between things. That yeah. those things have become blurred. And so with those passages... If you read them in context, there's a lot of gray. <laughs> there is, but there's also a lot of hope beyond what we're cherry picking these one little phrase or this one little meaning from what could be, if you take it out of context, the gray gets even crazier, right? I mean, doesn't the gray get a little bit more, uh, isn't there a little more contrast if we read the whole thing versus just this one piece without the rest of the thought in it? Oh, yeah. It seems like it even makes it worse gray. Then if we would just sit down and read the whole thing and then go, okay, out of those five, ten verses, maybe the chapter, what is this really saying to me versus just this one piece? It should it should invite us to go a little deeper, right? You it should. Think. <laughs> oh, shoot. Common sense, I forgot, really isn't our yeah. strong point sometimes. No, no, it's not. It's not. But this fascinates me because really isn't salvation and heaven why people become Christians? I mean, if you're going to cherry pick something, why this? Nobody joins up and stays for the take up your cross and follow me. And oh, by the way, you guys heard of Job and the Israelites roaming the desert for 40 years, right? I mean, if it's not salvation, if we're not completely understanding this and getting this right, why be here? Well, I mean, I think it's like any new thing that you find, right? So like you found this new sugar-free, gluten-free mm. pumpkin pie. Yeah, yes. see? And it's new. And so you were so excited about it and you told me about it. Yeah. And eventually over time, that enthusiasm may start to wane a little bit or 
you know, you may start to say like, oh, well, you know, it's it actually tastes a little bit if you just sprinkle a little bit of sugar on it. And then it tastes, you know, a little bit better. And so, you know, over time, like either your enthusiasm will wane or you don't mm. feel like it anymore. You know, there's just different things that kind of come into play. And I think the same thing is true with in the context of salvation, that we kind of learn it and maybe we we think we understand it or we start to tweak it, you know, a little bit. And it becomes so commonplace as well. You know, the longer it's around, it's just kind of like, oh, that, that old thing. I think we just kind of misplace our priorities, you know. So this is why we just need to keep coming back to it because really if we're not prioritizing this as an understanding and as a foundational belief, because really shouldn't Christianity 101 be a complete understanding of John 3.16 and then Christianity 102 following up with Psalms 118.21? I mean, because then it's like, okay, you've taken 101, 102, you're good to go. Don't forget, send them off on their way. But we have to keep coming back to it. Yeah, we do. And I, and I think, you know, it, it talked about it. I think Paul made the point pretty clear that it's not just a matter of like coming back to it, but we need to teach it as well. You know, and that was one of his criticisms is you haven't taught this. And so now you have to go back to the basics. And I didn't have time to really kind of unpack it. But when he talks about going back to the basics, I really think you actually forget it. You know, people say it's like riding a bike, you know, like you kind of never forget. I think there are things about it that you can forget. Sure. You can get so stuck in, in a culture or in a, you know, in a situation that when you're removed from that situation, removed from that culture, you almost kind of have to relearn how to how to exist in a different situation, you know, in a different context. And so I think that Paul wanted us to not just revisit it for ourselves, but also help people understand it, right? So my son Gideon, who's actually joined us here in the studio, is five years old. How to explain salvation to a five-year-old? And I'm going to have to continue to wrestle with that question every year. How do I explain it to a six-year-old, to a seven-year-old, to an eight-year-old? And then for me, you know, working with the young people here in our community – I have to wrestle with that question, you know, even to a larger <laughs> on a regular basis, you know, to a larger degree, uh, you know, because of the the size of the group. And I think you have to fight to make it more real, yeah. you know, and you have to go back to what is the essence of what I'm trying to say. And I think that's a little bit about what was Paul was talking about. It's like going back to the basics. How do you communicate this? And Jesus was great. All of his teachings, he was phenomenal at taking a very complex truth and breaking it down very simply. Something very simple, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the other part is it's like, sure, riding a bike, we will remember how to, but there's going to be certain things that you forget, like, oh, yeah, after you haven't ridden a bike for a while, it's like, oh, man, three miles in and my butt hurts. (laughs) You know, like, I got to toughen up. And then, oh, man, this whole turning thing, man, I totally missed that. I almost crashed. Or, oh, yeah, I got to put my feet down when I stop. And it's kind of second nature, but it almost makes you realize, like, whoa, 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 this isn't like when I was riding every single day, right? So it's, it's all part of that same thing. And I liked where you were going that, and you and I have discussed, and you went here in your message about both of our lives and similarities as journeys attending an Adventist boarding school and academy and all the theological baggage that came with that experience. And you kind of went into that in your story about challenging the idea of salvation being earned at that conference during this time in high school wasn't a surprise to me. But when you laid out how long before that weekend and moment that you hadn't yet learned the simple truth, the milk of the subject, it really hits home because you said, I attended church for about 300 Saturdays in an Adventist church prior to that and had not learned it. I attended Adventist school for 54 months and never had that truth soak in. So 
we can say milk and meat and says one truth is more important than another, or we can say, wow, maybe we could do better at teaching this to our young people and, oh yeah, to ourselves. <laughs> so, and it's yeah. like, how can this be taught earlier and more effectively? I guess because I look at myself in that same situation and go, man, I hate the fact that my life took such a wide and such a long <laughs> detour around this. When I feel like at least if I had understood salvation was this gift and not something that you work for and you see all these people around you trudging through life, no happier than or less happy in many cases than people (laughs) that aren't Christian. And I'm like, what is my reason for being here? And this heaven thing sounds great, but I don't understand why if it's this much work, why not just stay here and have fun and just not worry about anything? And when you're dead, you're dead, right? Because I believe that part. So what makes us want to do this or portray this in a way that other people are like, man, that whole salvation thing, I think I should know more about this. And maybe I should, maybe it's not as much work as I think. Maybe I should know more. It just seems like there's, why we send people on these long detours because it's not inviting when in reality, what Jesus gives us is very inviting. How do we do that though? It's hard. I, it's, it, I know it's questions it's nice, that are hard. Easy to... one. Andy, you want to take this one? Oh, oh wait, wait, wait. Andy's <laughs> not here today. Well, so I think this is a really deep question to just kind of answer real quick off the cuff. Yeah. But I, I do want to say that I think – I don't think we rejoice in the gift of salvation enough. So I, I think there is that piece, and mm-hmm. we can learn to rest in that. Uh, you know, I talk with somebody after the sermon, a friend of mine I've known for quite a while since he was a student in college actually – and he happened to be in town and heard the message, and he just shared, like, you know, I've really been been wrestling with this uh, myself. He's like, I just couldn't believe you were talking about this today. And he's like, really focusing on this has helped me to see how many other areas in my life are not, I've not allowed this truth to soak into those areas. Like, mm. I believe it, but then like when I start to follow through on some of these things that I think or some of the actions that I have it stands in opposition to this idea of salvation being a gift and a work that God has done. And so I think that there's that piece. Yeah. But I think too, in kind of the scenario that you laid out, you may be putting a little too much emphasis on the salvation piece, because I think at the end of the day, there are pressures, right? You're a dad, you're, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're employed, you're, you've got a house, you know, you're married, you've sure. got all those pieces and those things, the relationships, like those take work. And sometimes it can be challenging to try and fit in all the things you need to do when it comes to work and when it comes to home and when it comes to family uh, and when it comes to just life in general. And I think we have to do better. And I think part of our relationship with Christ is helping us to learn how to trust him more, right? Yeah. So like salvation, yes, that's that's good, but how do I get through today? And I think yeah. those may be kind of two different questions. It may change the way you get through the day, sure. having that assurance and understanding that to everything there's a season, <laughs> right? Ecclesiastes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. to also be okay with the challenges that yeah. come, right? I mean, even Jesus had bad days, right? Sure. You know, there were there were days where he was lamenting, there were days where he was sad and as he looked at the challenges that he faced in his life and the lives of other people. So I know that's probably kind of a a longer thing, but I I think it's kind of both. And because I think you, to circle back around what this person said is he's like, I can't believe you're talking about this and it's causing me to think about things differently. And I think maybe that's what we're not doing enough of, you know, Andy keeps talking about, you know, when people say, why do you guys keep going back to the L word? You keep talking about love. You keep talking about this stuff. And he's like, well, 
until we get this love part right on a regular basis, we're going to keep talking about it. Yeah. So maybe that's this part too, is I think a lot of people just assume that, well, those Christians, they think they've got it all together, so they don't really talk about it. And so maybe it's really not that important and maybe I shouldn't be thinking about it. It just, I'll just do whatever I've been doing and well, whatever. But I think when we do talk about it, and even if it's not this crazy over the top, oh, I can't, you know, just almost too much. Just talking about it and letting people know that it is on our mind and that we do find value, extreme value, and we find joy and we find rest and we find peace mm-hmm. and we're thankful for it. People always want to know why people are happy and they want to know why their outlook is positive. So if we can apply this to ourselves and and be more outgoing and positive with this, keep putting it out there that we're not afraid to talk about it. We're yeah. happy about it. And this is a good thing. Yeah. I don't know. I came at this with the same questions because – I came through that whole situation I'm trying to or I would like to see others avoid and yet I don't really have any great answers for it because I don't know what would have changed my mind at a younger age other than that I wish there had been someone who was modeling what I see now and what I believe now. I wish I had seen somebody modeling that better then and it would have at least caused me pause to say, what's up with this? I, yeah. I, I, don't, know. I don't know. And I think that goes back to Paul's thing. We need yeah. to learn it and we need to teach others. And and I think if we don't teach others, you know, they say if you want to learn something, teach, right? And yeah. if we're not teaching others, like, have we really learned it? Yeah. And the difference that would have made in your life. I know it made a huge difference in my life to see people that modeled that for me where yeah. I had that example of like, wait, what? Yeah. Like his life does not compete with the rest of society. And I was dumbfounded by it and knew that there was something more. So. Well, the first person that I can ever remember, and I was I was in my mid to late 20s the first time I met my wife, Heather, and she used to go to church. She was single, would go to church on time. She'd actually go to Sabbath <laughs> school and church carrying her Bible, sitting in church for the entire message. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world is this person doing here? I was there once a month to run sound, and I'm like, what in the world is this person doing here? like all of their own free will and volition. What is the point? I don't get it. I don't understand why you're here. And she was always just so nice to me. We had no relationship or even a thought of relationship, but I can always go back to that time and remember that there was something about her that intrigued me. And the initial part was why in the world would someone go to church if they didn't have to? (laughs) Why? And actually sit during the message, going in their Bible, writing things down. And I'm like, what the, what, this is so crazy. So I think, you know, at a younger age, would it have had the same impact? I'm not sure, but I know what I felt like watching that being modeled to me. Yeah. And it definitely changed my outlook from that point on. So maybe just, we need to do a better job ourselves of just being excited about things. Christ centered every so often or, Maybe more than every so often. <laughs> Gideon, what was what was the come up here? What was the favorite gift that that I opened on Saturday? Talk right into the microphone. The red snake. The red snake. Oh, the red snake. You were one of the few that uh, I know. We need to go. We're past time, but that was. I got so much feedback about that snake and how <clears throat> much people. Did not want that thing around. Found. No, not me either. I'm, I'm glad I wasn't here because I would have been in the lobby or upstairs and somewhere. I don't know. Standing on the roof, maybe. I didn't realize it was going to have such a visceral reaction. Like, I know that there's like a few people who are probably like, I don't like snakes. But man, I, I literally, I probably had, oh, I know I had over 20 people 
talk to me about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Well, if you missed that part, definitely go back to the message and watch that part to catch up on it. So as we already mentioned, we're out of time, as always. But one of our FHC takeaways this week asked, why do you think so many people struggle with the idea of salvation being a gift? And while this may seem super obvious on the surface, I think there's much more at play when people really stop and think about the underlying reasons that play into this. Of course, we want to play a part. It's human nature. Many of us have been taught the bootstrap theology, and we hold on to it like it's a treasure worth keeping. I would love to hear how you have or continue to struggle with this at some point in your life or currently. Our stories are the best way for others to understand and avoid the same pitfalls and maybe just find a glimpse of hope that you've found something that has worked or has changed your point of view. You can do so and obviously remain anonymous as always. Text or voicemail to 407-965-1607 or podcast at hospitalchurch.org. And our final thoughts are from Greg's message. He said, salvation, it's a gift we didn't earn, a gift we can't earn. It's a gift that doesn't need batteries, assembly, or know-how. It's a gift we rest in. It's a gift we can enjoy immediately. So give thanks because it is a gift. Ah, sometimes that's a hard one in itself to remember, but... So, Greg Creek, I'm just going to have to say before we leave, you are probably the transition king, okay? You moved from Thanksgiving, milk and meat. You slid into the gift of salvation and Christmas like a seasoned skier, finishing the perfect run at the bottom with a, a spray of snow and, and, uh, and powder. So stop and think about the perfect gift that we can rest in. It sounds pretty good to me as we get closer to the craziest time of year, a gift we can rest in. Yes. That was sweet. All right, upcoming this week, I don't think I've seen what we're doing this peace. week. Peace. We're starting our Christmas series. That's right. And it's centered around the word peace. Around the word peace. Well, I have no... Is is Andy Andy week? will be preaching it this it'll week. It'll be yeah. Andy this week. So starting the Christmas or, season... no, I'm sorry. I actually... It'll probably be Jeff. Is it Jeff? Okay. I don't know. Well, you know what? It's a cliffhanger. Find out next week... <laughs> By who is here, who had the message this upcoming week. But it is the Christmas season, so no surprise that that's happening. And a quick shout-out, all of our kids, or most of our kids, many of our kids will be up front this week for Straight out of Bethlehem this right. Saturday evening, which has gone on. There's a lot of props involved. There's a lot of kids involved. There's been a whole lot of everybody involved getting this pulled together. So if you do have time, make sure you check out the bulletin and or the Hospital Church mobile app for times and all of the goodness that will happen then. So that's going to do it for this week. Thank you, Greg, for your message and for joining me here. You too, Gideon. High five. Woo, right in front of the microphone. Woo, one more. Bam, there we go. I don't make sure everybody hears that. So do join us next Wednesday for episode 130. Thanks for listening and have a great week.